0: All right. Yeah, I just, all right, I got everything set. Week of October 11th. Wait, they're all, they're fighting in the Eagles game. Yeah, why did, why was he touching Tom Brady? Did they just turn the ball over? All right. We're recording now, Steph. This is for real. Right now, the first car one lap down is
1: Brad and Joe. Hi, I'm stupid. Hi, I'm stupid.
0: Oh, come on you
1: know what and with that welcome back to one lap down it is joe huxler and brad dunn after what has it been two weeks a fortnight It's been
0: two weeks we're back we're <laughs> finally back joe joe's been moving we've been in the thick of swim season lots going on so we're here we are we're finally back in action Yes. Happy to be here, Joe. This is, a, this is exciting to get to talk about a couple of big weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, we've got stuff from this past weekend to talk about, but I'm sure we'll have to catch up a little bit on some of the news uh, from the previous weeks as we go along. No, but
0: no, no, nothing to talk about past couple of weeks. Nothing. Uh, we don't have to go back to the Russian Grand Prix. Don't need to talk about that. Don't need to bring it up. Can move on. Don't need to talk about it.
1: Okay. I wasn't going to talk about that. I thought maybe you wanted to say something about Bubba Wallace his first
0: win. But... <laughs> oh, get! Oh, you really got to throw that at me. Yes, we've got plenty to talk about. <laughs> Just trying to avoid having to talk about painful things. But Bubba yes. Wallace's first win is definitely not one of those excited about that.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get rolling with uh, this past weekend first. And let's chat about our F1 gentlemen in, where were they? Oh, yeah, Turkey lights out and away we go. All right. It was time to go to Turkey. It was rainy again, just like it was last year, but I will say this one was not as exciting as last year's. I remember us talking about this in the off season, uh, during uh, the winter of, uh, 2020, 2021, Brad and Turkey was like our favorite, I think, I think you picked Monaco, but Turkey was my favorite race of the season based on all the drama through qualifying and through the race. But this one was pretty benign on excitement. uh, Maybe a little bit with Lewis working his way through the field, but in the end, Bottas wins and Max takes a points lead after um, a little Mercedes issue and Max finished in second and Lewis finished fifth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Probably Lewis shouldn't have been fifth, but, you know, I think that's the, uh, that that's been, what's been most debated, right. you know, kind of, you know, that bit of drama. And I feel like it's only the reason it is, is because there wasn't a whole lot else to the race, right. Everybody was on enters, you know, for the full race, you know, one stop for, for most everybody, except for Seb Vettel, who tried to go with the slick tires and didn't work out too well for him. Um, you know, I guess like, that's kind of, it's just, uh, you're going to have some races like that. And, um, you know, I guess the 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 point is, is that, you know, maybe Lewis feels like he could have finished the race on one set of tires. Like, you know, he, he found out that Esteban Ocon did. Uh, but I just I, – I don't know. I mean, he Ocon didn't have the quality of cars and drivers coming after him that Lewis would have had had he tried to hold that third position where he was. What do you think?
1: I 100% agree with what you said and even what Pirelli said about those tires – more than likely, unless there's something you know crazy that, that took place behind him, he was going to get passed by Gasly. He was going to finish fifth or worse anyway. And if you remember, even when he, when he did pit, and he got those new tires right away. He was under fire from Gasly and Norris to begin with. So I think if he doesn't pit, it's a foregone conclusion, especially considering how much time Alcon lost in the last two laps uh, with those uh, only set of tires that he ran. So uh, I, I think it's, again we're seeing this this issue of the drivers in the car don't have all the information you know, they're just looking at what they're able what they're doing right now. They have no idea what else is going on, who's catching them, who's not unless someone's telling them that I just I feel like it's really regardless of your stature with the sport it's it's really telling about the pressure that you're feeling if you're questioning the same people that have helps you win six titles and to have way more information than you do. Um, I understand that sometimes the driver has better information in terms of track conditions, but other than that, I got to go with whoever's on the pit wall, man.
0: Yeah. But it's, and it's also weird too, that there's, there seems to be such a, like, such a friction between people who should be working together for several hours every day right like i mean why why is there not like clear communication like about this i I get that they're trying to play games with other people that can hear their radio but i don't know maybe it's a european thing joe i mean our our american drivers are a little more unfiltered and uh and passionate on the radio once they get going but uh yeah yeah, i I, I mean i i I see the situation as a risk reward reward bit where right like okay well you want to risk you know, you want to risk it to stay in third or, or possibly get second. And you know, with the point swing for that, as opposed to, you know, like you, what you're risking is not only getting passed, but if you're, you get a tire that blows, it can put you in the wall. Right. And then you get no points out of it. Right. So I, I think they did the right thing, you know, like, yes, it sucks. They lost a couple of places, but you know, you only lose a handful of points to max and Red Bull as opposed to, you know, losing you know several points, right, and and and, and not gaining any yourself. So, yeah, I think it's the right thing. I was surprised to see him so emotional afterwards, um, yeah, you know, about it and so catty. But yeah, I guess that's kind of what you get.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say that. I would like to think that's because there's actual pressure there um, that mm-hmm. everyone on Mercedes is feeling, and and they should, um, regardless of head games or not, you know, it's a six and a half point lead for max, um, right now. And to this point, neither one of those teams have had development issues, have had issues with reliability. So if trends continue this way, you have to believe that both of those drivers will finish each race. And so each position, you know, means so much. So I get it from the driver standpoint, but hindsight, you're bringing up the best option here. And that is maximize the points we heard it a lot damage limitation right um but we heard that a lot of russia with max starting from the back damage limitation and uh i think lewis ends up probably in the best position he could have been in based on the tires and the track and nobody else was really making any gains so uh there was really no reason to take a huge chance like that um why don't sure. you tell us who the top finishers are top 10 finishers are uh, if you can, I, I don't even remember, honestly, who was in fourth, <laughs> who was in front of Lewis. I know the top three really? Lewis. So I need a refresher.
0: All right, here, here we go. So coming in, in 10th place, with zero pit stops for the entire length of the race, you have Esteban Ocon. In ninth place, you have Lance Stroll. In 8th place, you've got Carlos Sainz. 7th place, lando norris coming off of a heartbreak in uh, in russia sixth place pierre gasly felt like he was running well that was a really tight race you're talking about norris gasly and then fifth place hamilton uh thought that we might get something out of that but you know that grading phase they were talking about with those inner tires i think that's where it really you know that they kind of just got into a stalemate there uh charles leclerc coming in with a nice fourth place finish and then red bull happy with uh a track they didn't expect to uh you know, to be as dominant on getting third and four, third and second with, uh, Sergio Perez coming in third max Verstappen in second. And then I'd tell you what, Joe, it brought a smile to my face to see, to see Valtteri Bottas up there, win a race. Uh, you know, I felt like he's really grown, maybe grown on us again. You know, we had a phase where I believed in him in early in the season and that I lost all faith in him. And then, you know, I, I think I'm back to just enjoying getting to see him do well now. Um, partly a little biased because he got to judge a coffee competition last weekend. Uh, but, uh, you know, happy for him getting his first win of the season and uh, yeah. definitely, uh, you know, keeping things interesting between Mercedes and Red Bull.
1: And taking a lot of momentum to Alfa Romeo for what it's worth. Uh, since he was basically let go by Mercedes, since that announcement was made, nobody has scored more points than Valtteri Bottas since then, not even Max or Lewis. So
0: Ooh,
1: he, good uh, point. mentally is in a good spot. Of course, he's going to go to a worse car, but nevertheless uh, could maybe push for points. A new
0: car, though. A new car. True. So don't forget that.
1: That is a very good point as well, Uh, certainly. Uh, Good to see Red Bull uh, basically stamp out the new livery, one-time livery jinx. Um, Oh, so cool. That was was really nice, especially because this was supposed to be Japanese Grand Prix weekend, so they still held Mm -hmm. true – know, to that idea, uh, which I thought was really nice of them. Uh, real quick, this has been brought up a little bit on social media. Um, probably not as much as it should have, but that race, if you look at Carlos Sainz, he was the driver of the day, uh, voted by the people, gets the top First one. Finish. Yeah, first one ever, which is insane. But can, is there a – I mean, I'm starting to feel like he might be in a good spot. And, and maybe – Push Charles for that number one spot on the team, man. He's having a really good year.
0: I don't know for sure if I'm right saying this, but I think the last thing I saw is they're tied for points, right?
1: They're,
0: surprise they're tied, they're tied in, in placing. So, you know, somebody who was supposed to kind of be in that support role, I feel like he has just been there more consistency, consistently mm-hmm. from LeClaire. Yes, you know, Leclerc was finished in fourth this this past race, but – you know, he finished in the back of the grid or he started in the back of the grid at 19th. Right. So, you know, I, I think that getting to see his consistency and, you know, from what we get to see and uh, you know, watching drive to survive and all the extra social media stuff. He's definitely one of my favorites and getting to, yeah, I think right. he seems like a genuine person. And um, it was pretty funny when they were interviewing him in the car after winning driver of the day, right. It's his first one and excited about uh, excited about, just having a a solid day and uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think maybe this year I still see Leclerc finishing ahead of him this year, but uh, I don't know if you can go into the next season. I don't know if you can say there's a clear number one at Ferrari.
1: Yeah. It'd be hard pressed for me to choose either over the other, but uh, I love it for Carlos Uh, this weekend, especially when you consider no retirements, you know, moving up eight spots in the order. uh, It's impressive drive. And uh, good for Ferrari, too. It's good for F1 or F1 when Ferrari's doing well. So uh, good for everybody in that regard. Uh, hey, this coming, well, two weekends, I'm sorry, uh, from now. Or is it three weekends? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think it's two weekends. Uh, we've got the U.S. Grand Prix. That's the next F1 action. It'll be in Austin, Texas at the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, it will be the 50th U.S. Grand Prix. So 50 states. This is the 50th time there's been a United States Grand Prix. This is the 10th different circuit that they've held the U.S. Grand Prix on. And next year, I don't know what they're going to call it, because they're going to have two races in the United States of America when they add Miami to the 2022 schedule, which would be a hot ticket item for sure. Uh, So some good things about F1 in the U.S. trying to capitalize on Netflix's popularity of the sport uh, here in the States and Certainly a good thing for us, since this is where we're based.
0: You know, Joe, maybe someday we'll get there. Who knows? I'm a little disappointed. My family's out in Texas, and they're not going next weekend. But, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's an expensive ticket, and it's a long yeah. weekend. But, yeah, yeah I feel Joe, like that'll be that that'll be on our list of things. Add it to the long list of things that you and I need to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly if you check the price differences on when NASCAR was a CODA and when F1's a CODA. Big time difference. Uh, the demographic will be a little different, I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to NASCAR since we just brought them up, and let's go to another road course. It's showtime. Bugity, bugity, buggity! Let's go racing today, boys. So this weekend, it was the Charlotte Roval, partly on Charlotte Motor Speedway, and then through the infield uh, this providing drama as it was the final race of the round of 12. So four drivers eliminated from the field, but drama on the track again with Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick leading to Harvick wrecking, crazy. wrecking crazy. Everett, like straight up wrecking Chase Elliott. And then karma bang is a huge, huge Chase Elliott fan because Kevin Harvick goes headfirst into the barriers, eliminating himself from the next round. I, you know, I am very happy that this happened because otherwise it was a very boring race.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, what did Jace Elliott say? Have a merry off season and a, or like a, a happy Christmas and a merry Something off season. Like
1: that. Yeah.
0: It was, it was kind of weird, man. I don't, I don't know. I like, I thought that he was kind of one of the, you know, Kevin Harvick was supposed to be one of these old like mentors of the sport and one of like the old, old guard and all of that. And it's just been petty and catty and, it's crazy, like this, like just watching the way that he has just completely lost his cool the last, uh, you know, the last handful of races, and you know they've got their feud going back and forth, and yeah, I mean, just very blatantly like wrecks him, right? Like that's yeah, they're, they're kicking you out of F one for a move like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, granted, a much lower speed, less less, uh, you know, risk for harm to the driver, but it's like that's video game stuff, man. Like they they boot you out of iRacing for that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, you get a lot of points taken off <laughs> of your rating for sure when you do stuff like that. And I will say, you know, for people who like myself who enjoyed the sport way back when, uh, you know, when Harvick was first starting. Now, this is this is him. I mean, this he has a history of being a hothead, uh, sarcastically called "Happy Harvick." That was that's his nickname, but did, haven't seen that recently in in previous years. And I think a lot of it has to do with winning. I think he's been able yeah. to, to mellow out a little bit and be more of that father figure because he's winning. And now, no wins this year after winning nine last season, eliminated from the rest of the playoffs, and has a chance, to a moment, to take it out on somebody. And someone like that, the way that Harvick's personality is, if the chance is to take it out on the most popular driver of the series, he's going to do it. It's going to get something that gets him going, gets him motivated – um, may not be the best look for him, but it might also help him in getting, you know, into next year's next-gen cars and, and getting back to his winning ways. So I'm not surprised by this based on his his history, but recent history shows what you say and that he hasn't been he hasn't been this guy. He hasn't been like this. You know, Kyle Bush kind of took over that mantle. So um, let's talk about the top ten real quick. I found the Roval, Alex Bowman in 10th, Ryan Blaney in 9th, Christopher Bell in eighth, Joey Logano seventh, Matt DiBenedetto uh, in sixth as his NASCAR Cup Series career winds down. Denny Hamlin finishing fifth. He's had an excellent playoffs after going winless through the regular season. Kyle Busch also doing well in the playoffs, finishing fourth. Chris Buescher, a surprise top three finish for a guy that's generally better on super speedways. He gets uh, third place in a road course uh, finish. Tyler Reddick. Another one of those young guys that's starting to get better at different types of courses. He finishes second, and then Kyle Larson wins for, I think, the seventh time uh, this season and certainly uh, catapults him into the next round with a lot of uh, momentum. But with that being said, of course, the big thing is who's still remaining in the standings for uh, the chance to win the championship at the end of the day. We've got eight drivers left. And we'll start there at the bottom. That is where your man, Brad K., just squeaked in by 16 Hanging points. in
0: there. Just, yes, just enough. <laughs> just enough. Yeah, yeah. uh, Give the old college I'd be nervous. Good thing he got so many stage points on Sunday. I was very happy about that.
1: I mean, there was one point there when Kevin Harvick didn't wreck himself, um, where it was like, okay, Harvick's in this place. Brad just took – Another spot, so now he's ahead, and Harvick moved up one. Now Brad's behind. I mean, it was that close for a good while there uh, in in the race, but in the end, it's Brad Kay in eighth, Joey Logano in seventh, Chase Elliott sixth, Kyle Busch fifth. Right now, those are the, especially the top last three guys. They're in the worst trouble based on points. And you got Ryan Blaney in fourth, Martin Truex Jr. in third, Denny Hamlin second, and Kyle Larson is in first heading into Texas Motor Speedway. Your four drivers eliminated Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Kurt Busch, and William Byron. So that is it for Roval Chatter. Next up, Texas this weekend. Kyle Larson won that all-star race back in June. um, So he should be a favorite. He's going to be on the pole. So right out there in clean air to start with. Really cool fact that I found uh, going back to kind of looking at the history of things like I try to do. So, Big weekend for the NBC Sports booth, guys, uh, Jeff Burton and Dale Jr. So Jeff Burton won the first Texas race that was in April of 1997, the very first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen any videos of that race, Brad, but just watch the first lap. 13 cars wrecked going into the first turn. So <laughs> check that out uh,
0: soon, as awesome. soon as you can. Yeah. Well, um, you know, is that why IndyCar this year decided they need to get them beat and wrecked on the formation lap?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know what the, the uh, reason was behind that. But nevertheless, it was an interesting inaugural race uh, for Texas Motor Speedway. Dale Jr. won his first NASCAR National Series race there in 1998 as part of the Bush Series. And then he won his first cup race in his rookie year in 2000 at Texas Motor Speedway. And then we'll tie it all together. Chase Elliott won his first Xfinity race there in a junior motorsports own car. So There's some cool facts about some of the most popular drivers ever. Uh, Some guys that will be on broadcast this weekend. Uh, Interesting. I don't know what it is about Texas, but those drivers uh, seem to love it. And hopefully we love it too. Should bring a lot of drama uh, for the weekend. I'm really interested to see if we'll get another non-playoff driver pushing for a win or even getting a win. Uh, Bubba Wallace getting that win at Talladega, his first career win first person to win a, uh, playoff race as a non-playoff driver since 2014. So it was a, it was a rarity in so many different ways. Great for the sport. But if you've watched any of these races, Brad, a lot of these non-playoff drivers are pushing for wins. I I think that's great for the sport too.
0: Yeah. To me, like that was one thing last year that didn't really make a whole lot of sense as we started watching it. So I I was like, we're all racing like what like what is this just kind of like bow to the playoff guys type of mentality mm-hmm. and there wasn't any of that right like that was what was so fun to kind of backtrack when we didn't get a week to talk about Talladega but watching those last few laps you know it was fun like I got to watch more of that race because it was on a weekday and I had it on in the office while we were working <laughs> you know that I do on the weekends we got all other yeah. things going on and um it was it was fun to watch because it was like hey the rain's coming this race is going to be called short get up there like and, and and Bubba did it best right I think my guy Brad was close I thought he was going to you know if they would have gotten to the end of that stage I feel like it was going to happen mm-hmm. but uh but they didn't right you had know, somebody wrecked in the back and kind of chaos ensued and and then you know it was when they were in caution right that the rain started coming they red flagged it and I don't know, man. I felt like NASCAR was doing everything they could to to not let Bob Bubble Wallace get his first win as an easy one, right? They're out there and like pouring rain, drying parts of the track, and you know, there's no lights. It's like, what are you doing? Like this is done, and finally, finally, they called it right. So, yeah, um, it was cool, like how you felt like people were happy for him, and and yeah, I mean, it's like these guys, like they're out there. It's a race is a race, right? Like playoffs is just points the way points are done the whole rest of the year, you know, stages you have to win. So so why does it just have to be playoff drivers that win? And uh, what is this like? Is this, I don't know. This is where I'm a lap behind. So is this like an unwritten rule of NASCAR? Like don't, don't get into it with those guys because I have a hard time believing this is done between Kevin Harvick and his buddies.
1: Yeah. I assume it's like a baseball thing. It's an unwritten rule. I hate it. I think this is the, the biggest risk that they didn't factor in when they wanted to try and make things more exciting with the playoff is that, okay, you have eight drivers that are eligible to win a championship now, but you have 32 drivers that are other drivers who are out there. So you expect them to just hang back and not, not push for a win, especially if it's a guy like Bubba or Tyler Reddick last week and you know, trying to get their first win ever as a, as a cup series driver. I, I hate yeah. it. I hate that there's this, this notion that they should get out of the way or if they do cause a problem then it's like why were they even around like let them race and you know what yeah. that to me it's if they if they race like they normally will would race regardless of of points or whatever and that so whoever wins the championship that validates them more to me if they were able mm-hmm. to not just beat these eight drivers but beat everybody else because you know ross chastain well, think- was pushing them or something i mean to me that validates it even more so forget the gentlemanly thing just race like you normally would
0: yeah when that was like when we watched it we we watched the championship with ed smith last year and i was talking with you all and that's the first championship i really sat and watched and it was like oh so we just watch these four people and everybody stays clear of their way like that's what i want to see i want to see somebody else win that final race right and it come down to 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 points you know who wins the uh who wins the championship
1: Yes, yes. Or, or make it even more interesting, put those top four drivers in the final race, put them in the back, see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't put them up front because mm-hmm. when
1: they're running up front, no one's going to try to pass them. So yeah. put them in the back, make them pass everybody else. Make them earn it, man.
0: You know, you know what I, I what I do want to go back to um, real quick while we're talking about championship. There was a time when early in this podcast, when I asked if, we could, if there was going to be Three JGR cars in the top four, and you look at the difference right now with Kyle Busch behind Ryan Bellamy. To get in that fourth spot is one point at the moment, and there is a, there is the chance. I mean, especially too, Chase Elliott's not going to finish another race this year as long as Kevin Harvick's on there. So uh, <laughs> there is a chance that you know my uh, my my early uh, prediction could be true could get three of uh, three of the top four be, be JGR. And, you know, and then there's Kyle Larson, who's probably, uh, you know, barring barring uh, unfortunate circumstances, I think he's well on his way. But I mean, not, beca- not, not because of uh, not because of any unfair advantage. I mean, because he's probably right. the best out there. Right. Hands down.
1: No, no question. Seven wins. He's 42 points ahead of second place right now. So I mean, he's points wise. He's already in. Uh, to Phoenix, in my opinion. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't want you to put that bad juju on Ryan Blaney, but you might have a point there. We'll, well, Texas will be a good proving ground uh, for that.
0: Listen, yeah. listen, we, we we know who the only Penske driver that deserves to be in there is. So, we'll, we'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> I mean, Sorry. yeah, we do. Sorry it's, that
0: I want to be in there. <laughs> number
1: 12. Number 12. Sure. Number two's out, man. He's sure. go going
0: somewhere else. He's, yeah, well, he's, he's going to be making engines good.
1: for Rick Ware Racing next year.
0: He can hand he can hand the trophy to Roger Penske on the way out the door.
1: <laughs> I don't know how that would go down. That's a good that's a good uh, that's a good thought. I don't know how he would. I guess he would. He'd be appreciative. He wouldn't just be like, "All right, I'm out," because yeah, it was his know, It was just as so much his choice to leave as Rogers.
0: Yeah, I can't I can't tell what these guys, man. I thought Kevin Hart was his old nice guy, and now he's a punk. So <laughs> who knows? moving uh, on moving on go. you got some good news you got some good news uh, coming up in the in in the NRT, nhra realm
1: yes i do we were speaking about texas so let's get into our dialed in segment with a straight line boys and girls the drivers are ready the fans are packing the stands and it's time to race Last weekend, NHRA, Pro Stock, Pro Stock Bikes, a Funny Car, and Top Fuel classes were in Texas for the Fall Nationals, and your winners, Top Fuel Justin Ashley, Funny ca- Funny Car Ron Caps as he continues to chase down his first championship ever in a long-storied, very successful career. Greg Anderson is now the man on top of the mountain with 98 Pro Stock wins. He overtakes The great Warren Johnson in that category and is off this weekend for some reason. Pro Stock's not going to be at Bristol, so gets an extra week to celebrate that. And then Matt Smith, uh, who led the points most of the season, he wins in Pro Stock Bikes. Let's take a look at the standings with three races left in Top Fuel. It's a two-car race. Steve Torrance leading the points right now with three races to go. Brittany Force, the Monster Energy Top Fuel Machine, 52 points behind. In second. As for Funny Car, they're going to be racing this weekend in Bristol, Tennessee, at the Thunder Valley Nationals. It's Matt Hagen, driver uh, for that Dodge SRT Hellcat team. He's 33 points ahead of Ron Caps. Uh, they're basically just a two-car race at that point as well uh, for the championship. So two Mopar heads going after it. I'm pulling for Ron Caps for sure, especially as we remember Matt Hagen got points for a race that he didn't win. Someone else won in his car and he still got the point. So I think that's crap and he should not be in the lead. Uh, but no one cares what I think. As for pro stock, they are not racing this weekend, uh, but looks like Greg Anderson is going to head off in the sunset with another championship. He's 81 points ahead of Erica Enders. It's outside chance, uh, but only two races left for them. So going to be really, really tough to uh, hold off Greg Anderson in that category. And then pro stock bikes, It's as tight as it can be between first and second. Even third has a chance with three races to go. Matt Smith leads Steve Johnson by eight points. And then Angel Sampey is in third, 53 points behind. So that will be a fun one to watch as the uh, series continues this weekend. And I'll be watching it myself. My dad and I are headed to Bristol Dragway this weekend. We're going to be there for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday action. It's going to be a great time. Brad, I'm telling you what, man. If if we ever get to go to a drag race, I want us to be able to go to it on Friday because nitro cars Friday night under the lights with those flames shooting out of the headers, there is nothing, nothing in motorsports like it, dude.
0: That's pretty cool. That yeah, you were talking about that when you were when you got your tickets to get down there. So I'm gonna be excited to see. I'm sure uh, you'll be on the one lap down pod uh, on our uh, on our Twitter and all of the social media posts. Oh yeah, good pictures and videos.
1: Going to be lighting it up for sure. Uh, and then real quickly, if you're interested in watching, expect a lot of new records to be set because typically this is a two times a year track uh, that they go to. They go in June, um, they go around Father's Day uh, and <clears throat> April when things are uh, a little bit warmer. So now it's in October, temperature is going to be cooler in the air, which means that the uh, track will be a lot uh, easier to go down and certainly get more power out of those machines. So Just for what it's worth, in the top fuel category, which is the fastest category there is, Tony Schumacher holds the elapsed time record of 3.75 seconds. Larry Dixon with 331 miles per hour. Do not be surprised if those uh, numbers do, uh, if the AET falls and the miles, miles per hour increases. So something to look forward to this Sunday on Fox, the main Fox channel. Okay. With all that being said, recaps are done. Time to talk about our high side and low side from the weekend.
0: up, up, up. Go low, 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 it off the wall.
1: Every show, Brad and I talk about our highlights and our low lights from the previous weekend's action. And this week, I'm talking about Mercedes being human and how it is great for Formula One. <laughs> because it's not just... Red Bull's car is is closer to Mercedes and all that stuff now. We're seeing the human element become a factor for a team that hasn't really had to make a lot of real-time adaptable decisions because they haven't been pressured really by anybody but themselves, right? I mean, for the past couple of years yep. it's been like, okay, Lewis, we have to outdo our teammate. That's it. No one else is going to going to pressure us for anything. And now you have some teammate, you know, Not so much issues, but, you know, you see what Valtteri is doing and you're trying to take what they're what they're doing and and apply it to Lewis. But then you got Red Bull doing their thing and then other drivers getting in the way of of Lewis and, you know, other cars that are somewhat capable of keeping up with Mercedes. I mean, think about how all the times this year we've talked about McLaren faster in a straight line than Mercedes is. And it's hard for Mercedes to get around them. So it's refreshing for everyone who's watching F1, whether they are. A long time fan or a lot of new time fans um, to see the, the battles that we're seeing and to see the mistakes that we're making that are being made in a sport that spends so much on analytics and trying to get everything right and be perfect. We're seeing that you can't be perfect. Even if you've got all the money in the world, you're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to have human issues getting away. And I think it is becoming the, the best race for a championship that may, we may ever see. I mean, at least in this era, the, the, um, what is this era called Uh, the hybrid era, the uh, hybrid era of formula one. They even put a post out last week about how through so many races, this is the tightest championship battle we've ever had in formula one history, over 70 years of history. It's never been this tight. So I'm all for it. I hope it continues. And even though it does give me heart palpitations on Sunday mornings, um, it's worth it. So
0: keep it up. I mean, that's why you watch it, right? Like, because you want to have that drama. That's why you watch a lot of, like, that's what playoffs are about and all those things in, in the field sports and court sports that we watch. And, you know, and, and we, you, we kind of lamented about how, like, the NASCAR playoffs doesn't really bring that as much. And, you know, with this, the whole season is a playoff. And to see, you know, drivers that are both highly skilled, two of the, the best, according to people that know what they're talking about, not us. You know, and uh, the best that there's ever been. And so it's definitely fun. And I feel like you and I got queued in on uh, Formula One at just the right time. So, yeah, definitely share share that high side with you there. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit more simple and, and go back. Yes, we lamented about the uh, the NASCAR playoffs. But my guy Brad K is in. Your guy uh, Ryan Bellaney is in. And it's interesting how if, if I would have said, okay, uh, well, on our very first episode of the podcast, Joe, I've got a time machine. I'm going to screenshot my phone here and these are the top eight that are going to be in the playoffs. And, and I said, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Allen, Joey Logano, Brad Kay. Uh, it, you had probably not a whole lot of surprises there. You'd probably be like, uh, where, what about Kevin Harvick? And that would be the only one, yeah. you know, from our, from our amateur opinion. Right. And, and I said, well, it well, turns out he's an asshole. And they're like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> You know, but yeah, uh, you know, but it's it, so it, it's kind of interesting how like yet like the, like the best drivers have still kind of funneled their way to the top in these playoffs, and uh, I'm excited that our drivers are there—the Penske guys and JGR guys—making me look smart, and um, I will be really interested as we kind of go through these final four races. You know, what uh, what is what is it really going to be like watching Kyle Larson just like seal the deal, right? And you know, and can he do that? Uh, I, uh, that's kind of the, the next, that's like the final really big first test for him. So, uh, I, while we do lament it, I, I still am excited about the NASCAR playoffs.
1: Yeah. And you should be a lot of great tracks coming up too. uh, Texas, big track, Kansas, kind of a little half, you know, mile and a half smaller track. And then Martinsville at the end of the month, that's always a, a fun one. We saw the fireworks last year with Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, uh, they in Martinsville. Yep. So it's going to be a good You're one. Be there.
0: What was that? You're going to be there. You're going to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, me and Ed Smith, we're going to be there taking in the action, uh, on the front stretch right there at the start finish line. So, uh,
0: are, if we were there last year, we
1: saw Kevin Harvick wreck Kyle Busch coming out of turn four.
0: There you go. Are you going to wear a Halloween costume?
1: No. Nah.
0: <laughs> Good. Simple
1: answer. Simple answer. All right. Uh, low side time now. And, um, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I just continue to have smaller and smaller interest in yet another NASCAR road course. For some reason, I think some. I feel like some of it has to do with the fact that we watch other forms of motorsports and we see what it's supposed to look like on road circuits with F1 and IndyCar. But it just there's not the only time it's exciting to me is or in terms of passing is when they're on the freaking oval part. Like that's when you get yeah. passes and you get the deep, you know, who's going to break later getting into that chicane or the, or the bus stop. Like that's where, especially at Charlotte, it's like the last, the, the stretch and the bus stop chicane. That's where the excitement is. And then of course, on restarts going into turn one, that can be exciting too, but it's not exciting for the right reasons. They're slow. They look sluggish going around the turns and it's the same shit as every other freaking road course at this point. It just, it, to me, you don't need seven of them, man. You don't need it. You need to have Sonoma. You need to have Watkins Glen. If you want to add two more, that's fine. You add Coda and you add Road America. You know why? Because those are true road courses. There's no ovals a part of that. They're not trying to you know, to save money on travel because we can go back to Charlotte and then just run a, a, a road course there. No. Make sure to <laughs> four, four road courses, that's enough. For NASCAR fans, those cars are meant to go in circles. I know people around the world. Oh, just making a left turn. It's hard. Okay, it's really, really hard to carry those kind of speeds. Ask anybody who's going from F1 to IndyCar. It's hard to go in a circle. Okay, it, it's not something you do right away. Roman Grosjean. He's just now starting to think about it. So, to me, stick with what got you here. It wasn't road courses. How many years did we just do Sonoma and Watkins Glen? A lot. Decades of just two road courses. And and even then, like growing up, my dad was like, I'm not watching. I'm not interested in the road course. So (laughs) their answer to getting people to show up and watch them is add more. It makes no sense to me. I don't know. Maybe if Chase Elliott wasn't good at them, then they wouldn't add them. I have no idea, but nevertheless stick to those four, in my opinion, and bring it and and add more ovals to the ones that uh, you're getting rid of because Going into the race, I really wasn't interested. And if it wasn't for Chase and Kevin, I don't know how much I would have cared. I would have seen if, if Blaney did all right, and then I would have moved on to something else.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I think that you. Know, I was excited for him. I think there was a time that we were excited on here. Like, oh, we got seven road courses. and
1: Yeah, well, I made
0: a mistake. Well, That's what I'm saying. I, I made a mistake. A too. I was excited. I was excited. They just looked clunky. Like, it looks like a bad video game almost. It does you know especially you know, and i think that is our bias to watching those great Car and f1 races out there and some of the other stuff that you can catch it on hours of the night on map tv you know who knows, <laughs> you know but like yeah but yeah it's it, it's interesting but i'm sure that there is a there's a reason for it and, and and i get they're trying to be different and they're trying to be innovative i think but that's not the it's not the route to take so mm-hmm. so it goes um milo side gotta go back to it but Really, really uh, tough, tough weekend. A couple weekends ago, you know, after we missed uh, the last couple weeks of podcasts with uh, with the Russia Grand Prix, really looked like Wando had set himself up for a a fantastic first win. You know, with skill, not not lucky because a couple people crashed out or something, but you know, set himself up really well. And the rain came; he didn't switch. I don't blame him. I don't know in retrospect if if there really was like enough to tell him to switch to uh to wet tires or to inters but oh that was gut-wrenching and then the next day the next day i think it was or i guess it was the next week then we were watching Talladega and um yeah. we're down there and you know it looked like Brad K was going to get up there and get a win in, in advance and you know it just the uh the caution came out a little too soon for him to make his move on Bubba so you know just couple a couple my favorite drivers couple weeks of some bad luck but Um, you know, I think it was really important this weekend, they talked about how during all the media stuff and on the grid, there was no like hint of a letdown from Lando. And I don't think this race or the conditions or the track suited McLaren very well, but I think he got the job done, scored a handful of points and, you know, they lost a few to Ferrari, but now have some, uh, some ground to make, you know, to, to keep pushing and we'll be, uh, we'll be very excited to see what they can do. When they get Dakota, because they've already got cool football jerseys. So uh, if you haven't seen the McLaren F1 store, they're selling McLaren football jerseys to be American. It's kind of campy, but uh, uh, I enjoyed it. It's fun.
1: It is a bit campy, but uh, I will say uh, when, when Ricardo was on the uh, Red Bull team, he always did something with Texas or football or something. I mean, that guy loves American stuff, so it's no surprise. He might have even pitched it uh who knows yeah uh for now
0: we we never saw him drive uh zach brown's uh number three car did we
1: no i mean to me it hasn't happened because it definitely would have been on social
0: media right so i with them coming to the states next weekend i bet that's when it's going to happen
1: but where it'd have to be on oval i don't think he would i don't think he would let him drive it on a road course maybe he would no but-
0: no, I mean, he probably is gonna just go to wherever he has it, right? I mean, we saw on Drive yeah. to Survive when, when uh, you know, when it was when the Haas team came and they were out there doing stuff with Tony Stewart. Remember right. that, right? So right. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, because I mean, that's that that's got to be the time to do it, right? When you're in the United States and mm-hmm. you know, in you've got this two weeks between, so I guarantee you, it's gonna come here in the, in the next couple of weeks before before Coda. I guess next week it's already Thursday. Geez, where's the time go, Joe?
1: Yeah, it flies all the time, especially when you're having fun on this podcast.
0: It's almost 1030, Mm -hmm. so let's wrap it up. (laughs) That sounds good. (laughs) What you got?
1: So cars on the trailer, we're ready to hit the road, but we still have a final thought or two to get to, and I just have one um, really intriguing news coming out of Andretti Autosport, uh, which is in the IndyCar series. They're in serious talks about purchasing 80% of Sauber F1, which is the ownership group of Alfa Romeo. So, of course, all the rumors are, are flying around. I saw a really funny uh, meme on social media about this is Grosjean's plan all along since he's doing <laughs> Andretti next year. They'll yeah. get back in F1 as an Andretti driver, um, perhaps. But uh, certainly the, the biggest uh, notable name of young drivers is, is Colton Herta, And you, you mentioned this way back when, when we were doing stuff, uh, especially there in, in the office, talking about Colton Herta being one of those drivers that can make the leap to f1 or Pato award with uh, McLaren he was actually at, at Woking uh, a couple weeks ago for yep. McLaren so there's there's some there's a lot of smoke here and I, I think there's, there's some sparks of fire and we're going to get some more American involvement in f1 here soon
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, if any of those things do happen, Pato probably not as much. It wasn't really as an original thought as as us looking at Colton Hurst be in the American to go out there, or three JGR cars end up in the uh, the top four of the NASCAR playoffs. Then we're going to have to change our name of this podcast because then we're we're one lap ahead of everybody. <laughs> if That's the case if we've seen the future. If, yeah, with uh, very, with very unfounded claims, <laughs> but. But, uh, yeah, that was, that, that was interesting, right? And uh, I think it would be cool. I, I would love to see an American driver. I was thinking about that last weekend when uh, I was eager to hear the Finnish national anthem again with, uh, with Valtteri Botas up there. And I was like, man, it would be cool to see an American driver up there. Mm. And, uh, you know, so I hopefully, uh, hopefully that's sometime when you know, while, we're, while we're fans of the sport. Doubt it's going to be anytime soon, but it'll uh, be fun to follow. I'm very excited to see kind of what, what comes next. And, you know, you, you understand why not much driver shakeup over this next year with uh, people wanting to kind of stick with their people going into the, uh, you know, the, the new car and the new formula change going into next year. But uh, be a part of it. I do want to – as we're as, go ahead, Joe, with your thought.
1: I just want to say that there's the, – the chatter is that they would make the purchase next season. Uh, maybe trying to get a driver in there by the year after. So any, anybody who's trying to get into the sport wants to see how 2022 goes down with the new cars and new regulations uh, for sure. But I will say with the cost cap and how things are structured over year to year, this is the time. If you want to get into F1 and you got the bukus and millions of dollars to do it, this is the time to do it for sure.
0: Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, uh, well, and it's, it's hot. So you got a great uh, championship driver lineup and you got a lot of good things coming. As we wrap it up here though, Joe, I mean, it's important to, to know like part of the reason why we weren't able to get, uh, you know, a couple episodes in, you finally, you, you made the full move over to, to Richmond. You want to update us on how that all went?
1: Uh, it's been pretty good. It, there's been a lot of furniture logistical nightmares that um, I should have <laughs> known were going to be the case. Uh, but you know, I do have my mattress. It's on the floor. It's not on a bed frame yet, but we're getting there. Uh, couch is coming okay. at some point. So we're, 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 we're getting some pieces to, together here. But overall, this, this apartment is fantastic. The city of Richmond has a lot to offer. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm in Richmond, Virginia, not California. A um, lot, lot to offer here. I mean, shoot, I'm 15 minutes from Richmond International Raceway. That's pretty cool. Um, 30 minutes away from Virginia, uh, Virginia's, uh, drag strip down in Petersburg. So lots of motorsports connections, which I'm hoping that, you know, plays in my favor when it comes to uh, my side job. But certainly if for some reason you're listening to this and you're in the Richmond area, you're not too creepy, just reach out. Joe's
0: looking for friends. Joe's looking for new friends, new (laughs) podcast hosts to be. Desperate. Desperate.
1: (laughs) Desperate for friends. Uh, it's been good. It's been very, very good. So I'm glad we're back into this. And as things come along, hopefully I can have a little bit more of a professional setup too. And uh, maybe do some fun stuff uh, now that I have my own space for the podcast on, on social media, which don't forget, you can follow us there on Twitter at One Lap Down Pod, on Facebook and YouTube at One Lap Down Podcast uh, as well. But next week, we hope to have another show. Lots to talk about then as well. Until then, I'm Joe Hutzler.
0: I'm Brad Dunn.
1: And we'll talk to you later.
0: See ya.